0: Greetings Commanders and welcome to episode 232 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I am your host Colin Phoenix to Fireford, Chief Archivist of Lave Station and joining me in the orange sign behind bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety Commander Edelweiss, Ben Mosswoodwood.
1: I'm sorry, I've just got some blockages to clear.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also have uh, Commander Cycle hiding in the background, our Chief Bostuart.
2: Yeah, I thought I'd been sacked for a minute there. I thought, you know, brought in for HR to have a chat. Uh, good evening, everybody.
0: <laughs> we also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. We have our Lavian Space Program Director, Commander Kurgle. Hey, good evening, everyone. Uh, we have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Sovereign. Hello. And also joining us, uh, we have the FleetCon Admiral or Admin. That's, uh, oh, can you introduce yourself here? Because I can't pronounce that name.
1: That would be very, very difficult seeing as he's currently on his route to us.
0: He's on route to us. He's on route, he, okay. he's,
1: he's, he's route and will arrive when he gets back from work, basically. It's uh, can- Cancrovantas is his name.
3: Cancrofantras.
0: Okay, I think I can get my tongue around that. Um, well, <laughs> Good if you wish, you can join us live, or are we? Ben, are we flying about today? K- I believe Kurgle is... I'm flying about. Um,
1: Kurgle is in Lave. I am en route to Waypoint 6, because basically I only have tonight to push on with Distant Worlds,
0: because I've got a crazy, stupid, busy week. It all seems to be crazy, busy week at the moment. Um, so... If you can't get to us in-game, in game, we are also in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat. And, of course, we're on live on Twitch TV slash live radio. So we'll go around the team, see how they've all been for the last week or so. Uh, and we'll start just to get everything out of the way and make sure everybody's hunky-dory. Uh, Commander Psycho Cat, how's your bathroom?
2: Hey, well, you know, it's... Um... It's it's stable. Stable? Yeah.
0: That's that's good to know.
2: Yeah. It's <laughs> in other words, it's not moving. Yeah, well th- th- that's that's yeah, I suppose static's probably another good word for it. It's no longer in a critical condition. <laughs> yes, it's it's no longer it's still in the same condition it was last week and the month before. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're hoping, Mufa uh, my brother's been in for some more tests and some more things and his medication's been failing, so he's actually getting worse rather than better at the minute. Oh. So we're hoping that there's going to be some new medication, uh, which is getting currently getting bioengineered, which is awesome. That's amazing. I didn't know we could do that. You're getting so,
4: yeah. bioengineered medicine. So is he going to be like Deadpool then? You know, because he just had bioengineered medicine, didn't he?
2: Yeah, I'm not quite sure how it works, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, it can't make his arse hurt anymore.
0: Is he having some kind of culture grown for him?
2: (laughs) In his underwear, yeah. (laughs) He is, he's not, he's he's, he's really, I mean, this morning we, I picked him up and uh, he was uh, quite seriously unwell, um... So he's really struggling, and it's just getting worse at the moment. But it, it, this, this is the uh, a medication that sounds amazing. Why did, you know, it's one of these ones where it's all progressive because you don't jump to the top and take the first, of the best first in case it has knock-on effects for you. It's got to be it basically has to be checked that it's not going to cause you to reject organs. Which would not, oh, which would not be good. God. Um But essentially, he need, it needs it needs to happen. So we're we're now getting uh, into the realms of really interesting medication from a point of view. If you're not the one that has to take it, and it requires a bit of time. So we're just waiting for them to get back in touch. Oh, this is stuff that it
1: might make your bowels work, but well, yeah, it will break your heart in the process or something.
2: Not quite. it's, it's actually it's actually probably less impactful in the system than what is currently on. Um, but it's obviously going to have a degree of th- it's either probably eight times more expensive or something along mm-hmm. those lines that you know stops him from giving them to you first. So yep. he's it, we're really really hopeful that this will uh, bring in a nice and quick improvement for him because yeah he's, it's not fair at the moment it's not been it's been a long time <laughs> since he's been able to just. Exist be himself really yeah, without having to be constantly, constantly aware of where the nearest bathroom is and Jesus. Having to yeah. It's it's just one of those things. I mean I know I know he loves it when I sort of spread his uh, news and personal issues about <laughs> You don't want to spread anything of that the sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it. We have a uh, four minutes in before the first bit of toilet humour hit the system. Well done, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: already slipped it in, in my intro.
0: <laughs> yes, we all know about you wanting to slip things in. So, moving on. Oh, dear. Ben, uh, okay,
4: Commander Shan, how have you been? Devastation has been wreaked upon the Shan household this week. Really? Yes, Mr. Shan has been watching the Mary Kondo series on Netflix. You know, the um, the lady who comes in and just completely throws everything out that's not nailed down. Oh, is this
0: little Japanese
4: lady? Yes. So oh, it's God, like I am. I am so him.
0: sorry. I'm so sorry. Shannon, you're in so, for so much trouble now.
4: <laughs> yeah, so just don't get your other half to watch it. It's like, it's like, she, she's like you haven't played this game for ages. And I was like, no, but I like the book in it, in the box, you know, and it's kind of... And it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, he yeah. nearly even threw out, and I was lucky to catch it, she nearly even threw my my Frontier uh, Lanyard I got oh. when I went to Frontier uh, Development in Cambridge a, a year or so back. She nearly threw that out. And also, there was nearly early casualty of, of my postcard with David Braben's signature on it nearly went as well.
0: Oh, no. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Close
1: yeah, calls
5: because mm, uh, he says
1: nearly they've not been sacrificed to Malageddon.
5: i've been transferred to a secure location one imagines yeah. uh, the reason i'm saying is a secure location as far as Mary maricondo is concerned
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yes I've, I've i saw the first half of one episode and i thought nope not going to let anybody else in this house see it because it'll just it'll just send my missus into an overdrive and i'm I see uh, No, too much what, stuff will what, go missing I,
1: it's, I need to actually get my wife onto it
4: Because all the crap in that house is actually hers it, can, yeah, but no, no, but it, it doesn't work like that You can you can attempt oh, to try yeah. boundary. You can attempt to sort of set boundaries And just say only do your stuff But the, the As far as I understand it The base principle is If you haven't used something for three months You don't need it anymore
1: Okay I, in many respects, I can agree with that.
4: Yeah, but I'm. Oh no, no, I'm moving on. Chan, oh, have, have you finished? Well, I just so um, I've made it to the uh, the next waypoint for Distant Worlds um, two. So I'm um, sort of I've got uh, a few days off from Distant World jumping because I kind of got there quicker. But uh.
1: how how good was your guesstimate as to
4: where they were going? It, I was about 300 light years off. That's pretty good then. You can kind of gather where they're going if you read the text of the uh, descriptions of where they're, say- where they're saying. So you can kind of get you, you can kind of get an idea. But, uh, well, I did. I've got an annoying bug actually. Well, I'm not sure it's a bug, but uh, I've I got an Xfinity Pro which I brought new last November, and I've got another one I had that's all right but not perfect. And after the patch this week, my ship just tends to drift up even with no joystick inputs. And, it's, and, I look, and I looked at it in the control panel and the settings, and it's not moving a bit. So something strange is going on. That Elite is picking it up, and it's sort of ghosting movements up. And I tried on load of different USB ports, and it still does it. So just kind of seeing what happens to it, really.
1: And But it's okay in the control panel. Yeah. It's not registering anything. That's weird.
4: Yeah, I recalibrated it and went back to the... Because uh, what was happening was my joystick wasn't registering full throttle. So, it wouldn't let me jump until I had to press the port throttle key. So, I then found out that there's a file called joy.cpl in the Windows directory. That if you run it in the control panel, you can recalibrate your joystick or your HOTAS in Windows 10, whereas a standard Windows 10 one, you can't. And that fixed the throttle issue. Oh, that's that's cool. Yeah. Ben?
1: Uh, I've not done a heck of a lot in games, mainly been. I got myself to waypoint five but then I've basically been afk until late very late last night and then obviously i've been at work until just before the show tonight so i'm basically jumping to high heaven to waypoint six just now because mm-hmm. basically t- i'm off back up north again tomorrow so i'm today is the only time i can do any playing yeah but so out of game I've watched the lego movie which was just as awesome as I suspected it was going to be and then I've been looking after my kids and trying to stop my daughter from squashing pieces of orange into her
0: tablet's
1: charging port.
0: Pieces of orange? Is that because she wants an Apple device, but the, oranges well, the orange is the she
1: can get? She wants an orange. Well, she's got an Apple. She's got an old iPad. She's got one of the like second or third generation iPads. Yeah, an older one, mm-hmm. but it's still good. it's good enough to watch YouTube on. So she's happy. Uh, but she, you know, she wants to go off and shove oranges into it because she's two.
0: Fair enough.
4: Yeah, uh, two,
0: you don't really need a reason. No, and so she's teething big time.
4: So it's kind of like the twenty first century version of when people used to feed uh, video recorders sandwiches and things. Oh God,
1: yes. Yeah. Oh, I... <laughs> yes. Yes, we'll not we'll not say anything about putting biscuits into VCRs. Wait, is that, There's a story there, right? <laughs> I,
4: I no, don't I don't think, think I we should it, really.
0: My brother may have. I don't think we want to really discuss anything involving Ben and biscuits because I just got this horrible feeling. Nice. Not <laughs> <Go> one, Colin. <laughs> only for, only for no, a
1: couple of biscuits.
0: No, I, let's let's just park that there. Move on to Commander Kurgle. But our, view, our
4: listeners and viewers want to know.
5: <laughs> I Well, I don't. So moving on to Kalander Kirkle, have you been? Yeah, I've been good. We've been a bit busy at work because we've got a whole bunch of new projects coming up. So that's been a lot of fun. I have been distracted from my Elite Dangerous a little bit this week by the, like the Subnautica sequel. Uh, someone at work gave me some Steam credit over Christmas. And so I decided to spend it on their new game. That looks a lot of fun although it's very beta at the moment, if anyone is interested in picking that, as early access. And I'm still doing Guardian Unlocked on my Elite Commander, so I've been rattling around on planets, you know, lighting all of the uh, stones up and getting blueprints.
0: Cool. Commander Silverine, how
5: have you been? No, I've had quite a busy week. I've um,
3: uh, been in game quite a lot. And uh, so I I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I'd bought a, a Mamba to create my first combat ship. So I've been plowing on with that. And um, it's taking I'm into week three now. um, And uh, I had very few of the right materials. um, So I did a bit of driving around Dad's Hope. Uh, I've managed to get away with not hanging around outside stations scanning wakes. um, But I'm probably going to have to do that soon. But it's uh, and my to do list was something like 30 different things. And those things might have been like collect 20 exquisite focus crystals from xyz or whatever um and i've whittled that list down to about six of the most gnarly um but it's been really really good fun i've been really enjoying it i've done all i've done most of the different aspects of of the game so i've done surface prospecting and bounty hunting and all the rest of it to find the correct materials and i've traveled around the bubble a lot visiting all the different engineers and it's just been totally brilliant like i, I can really recommend taking on a new ship project as a way to kindle a bit of enthusiasm for the game if you've, if you've taken some time away from it.
5: Excellent. I can still heartily recommend the Orange Sidewinder as a spot for lots of wake scanning if you need it. Because, like, 50 NPCs hop in and out every couple of minutes. It's I don't know why. It's insane, but very useful.
4: There was a Good bug, point. wasn't there, in beta with that? Do you remember, Ben, we were in open, I think it was, at the Orange Sidewinder bar. And more
5: ships we just, just kept we just coming. Hundreds, they, yeah. they in came of hundreds of. Ships. It's where I'm at at the moment, and there must be twenty or thirty wakes on my radar at the moment, and they just keep popping in and popping out. Where were we? <laughs> uh, we're I, we I was just
1: explaining
0: what, that um, at the moment the thargoids have managed to hit ten systems this week. So, but I think I think we'll leave it there because uh, uh, at the moment I'm actually playing Mass Effect three for the first time. And thoroughly enjoying it, even though everyone said, "Oh, the ending will will ruin it for you." I'm, I'm just... It will. Is that uh, the um?
3: Is that the... no?
4: Okay. No, What's... the ending of Mass Effect Three is is especially naughty because what happens is uh, can, can right, okay, la, la
0: la la la. Is is this a plight to to stop me hosting? chant you know, it's just. <laughs> No, look. I know. I know. What every, everyone's already spelt it for me anyway. I'm just playing it through for the experience. Um, but to yeah, to be that's... honest,
1: Colin, for Mass Effect Three, I loved the last bit of Mass Effect Three up until the point where everybody starts crying, and then I just thought, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" I see. Uh
0: yes. Yeah. So I'm um, I've made sure that I've got all the the appropriate DLC that you're supposed to have and, and things like that. So um yeah, I'm I'm working my way through it. It's it's actually it's a great deal of fun. I'm using the same commander that I Commander Shepherd from right at my very first Mass Effect from about eight years ago. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Um so we'll moving on. Uh, we've had quite a lot of um, development news happen in the last uh, day. To be honest, we've had two patches today, which is Patch three point three zero four, which happened yesterday, and we had Patch three point three zero five, which happened today. Um, what did everybody think about the, uh, the the patches that we've got?
3: Well, they crucially didn't involve anything. They didn't include anything to do with the BGS
0: from the patch notes. Yeah. However, I think the main thing to highlight was fixed a lot of networking errors. And then, obviously, 3.305 fixed the one big one that they forgot to fix.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's a good thing. It fixed stuff that wasn't affecting me, and it doesn't fix stuff that does affect me, but it doesn't affect me that much anymore, seeing as I'm now out in the black and I'm not going to get interdicted, probably. And I'm not doing anything to do with the BGS, and I'm not shooting anybody and all I'm doing is jumping and scanning.
4: So, well, exploration data affects the BGS.
1: Yes, but I don't give a shit about who I'm selling it to. Well, you should. <laughs> not at the moment. I'm really not because I'm not. Re- oh, yeah, I'm not returning to Lave for every single batch of data I hand in. So I'm just I'm just selling it as well, I go along.
4: Well, if you want to, if you want to completely avoid the BGS and maximise exploration data for your own purposes. What I would do is I'd seek out the permit lock systems, find out what systems you need to be allied with to get the permit, and then sell your exploration data into one of those systems.
1: Once again, though, I'm still not going to travel however many light years back to the ball just to sell it to them. No, no, at the end, you save it all
4: up. Oh, I, I could do that, but I'm not going to do that either, because I want to... So if you want things like the Alioth yeah. permit, which can be... A I've got that. Care. got that. But this is for yeah. people who haven't. I'm trying oh, to be. I'm trying to offer consumer yes. advice and be, be helpful towards the, oh, the, right, the, okay. the show. Yeah, I mean, it
1: is being serious, so it is good to sell your things, but I'm not taking the risk of losing a year's worth of exploration data. And I am just selling it whenever I dock up, and whoever I've docked up at, they get a bit of a kick and they, they say they like me now. And I say, that's nice and move on. Anybody notice that essentially
3: the the message that Adam posted on the forum today, um, it was very much, please keep, please keep feeding back. We're aware of it, but there yeah, was this
1: is Adam Burke, wait, not Adam Burke. Uh, sorry, not this is Adam Burke, wait, not Adam Woods.
3: Sorry. Yeah, it was Adam Burke. So, so Adam Burke, is the, um, is the BGS ninja. Um, and he's been quite quiet um, from what I've seen um, since the BGS Ferrora, um, but he, it was a good message because it was very much we're aware. Please keep posting. We don't have an ETA, so it didn't it didn't give us anything new. But um, the, everybody looked quite ha- Everybody seemed quite happy that he'd at least acknowledged the issue and, and said that they're working on it. Um, is anybody here particularly affected by? Um, I mean, not not the exploration data particularly, but more the sort of wider BGS states uh, problems.
1: I think actually you're about the only person who's still in the. Well, you and Colin are the only ones who are in the bubble. Yeah.
5: Uh, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm still in I... bubble, but I've been laying off the BGS stuff a little bit while I've been trying to get my uh, guardian unlock stuff done.
1: Okay,
5: uh, it's the, um... not really affected me either uh, so much, but I know it's frustrating a lot of commanders in some of the wings that do just BGS stuff.
3: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, the, the ones that I've spoken to are very much like yeah, we you know we we can't do anything. But it, what's interesting is that it's been so long. I did see a private message, a screenshot of a private message, purportedly from Frontier Support to somebody who had been complaining. And it basically said, yeah, the BGS isn't working and we don't know why. <laughs> like, I've, I've never seen such an open admission of everything is terrible. <laughs> well, it's, so. it's um... um,
2: it's not quite everything is terrible. I mean I mean obviously uh, the hunting truckers are quite heavily into the background. So, I mean, I think possibly with distant worlds going on at the moment, it's just not as big uh, a an issue for as many people that would maybe be um, as loud as is required to create that kind of change to fix things, but uh, I know that there's things like, uh, well, this should work, but it won't just now, so don't bother doing that. other kind of updates that we're putting out to our players. So whereas okay. you would normally yeah. say things like, you know, dump your exploration data here, well, it's 50-50 whether or not that will do anything, and in fact it's known to potentially help the other side. When So things like that are are definitely causing issues, and as soon as they get them sorted, then the better, because at the moment if you get caught into a war loop, then it's it's quite... Uh, dire
3: yeah i, I was actually what I, I wanted to ask about the heart and truckers because out of everybody here you are probably the the best place to to say how it's generally going i i guess i guess the main thing i've been wondering is 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 it possible to still to still pursue goals in the bgs and achieve things and you know set objectives and see the results you expect or is it just is it just you know take a holiday guys come back and come back when it's fixed
2: well, I think it's it's more like treading water at the minute. I mean, I've not um, been tapped into the, 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 the hot pit teams to see what the state of play is, but I don't think we're chasing anything as a goal, more trying to maintain and stabilise what we've got. Uh, and I know that we've lost, you know, dumped a few systems, but that was kind of planned uh, in order to try and, not get ourselves into these kind of toxic situations but um yeah it's a shame to hear that it's still not resolved they say that the truckers are a, a great bunch and the guys on the the spy teams and the hot pit teams that keep the information they are they do an amazing job at the best of times and it must be i can only imagine uh very frustrating to try and get your head around something that's not working as intended and by the time you work it out (laughs) <laughs> it's it's fixed <laughs> you've got to reload yeah, the damn yeah. thing but i think you know the guys will be definitely feeding feedback to frontier with a view to help though i know that dave pearson of uh, is very much tapped into that uh, continue feedback loop to make sure that what we see happening and what we think should happen and reporting it back with all the statistics that we can to try and help them make it better cuz That is uh, one of the sort of uh, nice things about the the truckers and uh, a lot of the AAA groups as well, is that they are not just a group in it for themselves. So they they, they like to feed back to Frontier. It's not one of these things where that doesn't work and you get no other information. They'll say, that doesn't work, and if you do this, this happens. And then they'll put in video and uh, uh, statistical logs from multiple commanders and, and the journal files. So hopefully it won't be forever.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's a really good point, actually. It's, I mean, we had a we, the, the faction that I was running with some friends. It, we had a, an election that we we fought hard to win and then probably lost by a landslide. Um, and it's very tempting to just be like, oh, screw it. We'll just wait until it's fixed. But it's so important to the feedback. So I noticed that Commander Whoever 11 said that current BGS can be like shooting from the penalty box and scoring an own goal. <laughs> That's definitely how we felt. Um, All being a member of the British government
1: at the moment. <laughs> Same difference, really, isn't it? For that matter, oppo- opposition as well.
0: Well, is everybody splitting up now, are we? Shooting we're getting- from the penalty box and scoring an own goal is what we're on about. We're getting political, Colin. Really? I didn't think the Scottish football team were being involved around right this moment. <laughs> I?
2: You left us too long, that's <laughs> the problem. Rugby, let's talk about rugby. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's still, still too soon how can you have a team that plays so well at the front and then just doesn't have a clue what to do you're like (laughs) you gave us hope and now you've gone back to type why why I never get to finish a pint watching the rugby
0: are we getting a wooden spoon again
2: maybe no I, no, well, I do so porridge. I tell you what it's bloody exciting stuff and um, yeah anyway well, they were getting very much diverted BGS to rugby yes. I think the Scottish rugby if we can <laughs> fix the BGS let's get Frontier onto the Scottish rugby team
0: uh, so um, ah <laughs> oh dear so has everybody uh, been talking about the, the message that Adam has been leaving on the on the forums
1: yeah, that's what got us into this mess. Ah, <laughs>
3: <laughs> just, just saying that it was it was um, it was good of him to poke his head in, and, and clearly it's been three months now, so he's he's obviously it's obviously been a, a source of annoyance. But also, it was notable that, that there didn't seem to be a way forward on it. There wasn't any like, oh, we think we found the reason for this or that, or
0: you know. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It all, I guess, this all comes down to priorities, doesn't it? Because they they do seem to be. F- Uh, focusing a lot on the the network errors that have been happening in the game uh and i suppose you know because the network errors cause a crash to desktop that stops people playing the game full stop so it has a higher priority
3: absolutely i totally agree with that and also um the the number of players who play the game
0: are is greater than the number of players that play the bgs Yes, that is completely true. It, it was funny that because someone said that, you know, people were leaving in droves over this. So I did check on the Steam, uh, the Steam statistics, uh, which is the only statistics we've got for any idea of whether or not people are staying or not. And it does seem that we've lost about 15% of the player base, uh, since uh, 3.3 went live, but we're still at double the amount of people playing concurrently a day than we were at three point two. Well that's just that's just natural attrition after a patch. Like
3: if you're thoroughly bored of elite but they release a big new patch. What are you going to do? Go try out the new features. When you try out the new features and you realize that it's still the game that you were bored of just with some new features, you're probably going to stop playing. So that 15 yeah. percent that seems actually a pretty, that seems pretty good to me, actually.
0: Yeah, well, oh, that's that's what I was saying. I mean, it's sort of, a, it, the, um, it feels like that could be considered natural wastage. And what's happening with the BGS isn't having an adverse effect on people playing the game. Just... Not being happy with it, so I take of that what you will, whether
4: or not people are leaving the game because of the Bgs or not, but what was the source of the information, and what was their baseline? because, as you say, it could well be natural attrition, but also the fact that twelve or a bit thousand commanders are out exploring will also have an effect on the bgs because they're not actually handing data in or they're not actually doing bGs activities. So I wonder if that has been factored
5: into the equation. It is not well, yeah, I mean, sort of expedition of players to ever like just leave all at once, isn't it? So that yeah, there must be some knock-on effect of that.
3: Um, I'd say there's not having any stats to hand. I think a lot of people are playing because of Distant Worlds or are logging on because of it. Anecdotally, I know several, um, and uh, also I think that the, the people who go on Distant Worlds the the ones that i know cancro is an exception but um there's quite a few who the of the of the explorers would not be the kind of people that that took the bgs particularly seriously like the, the, the two do intersect but probably less so than most bits of the player base and also the the other thing is that the effects on the bgs that have been observed are definitely they're definitely do this and this opposite thing happens to what we've been there to expect rather than you know, we, you, you can't you can't mistake them for the fact that there's twelve thousand fewer
0: people in the bubble. Yeah, I mean that. that I think distance world two has been a kind of blessing in disguise as far as this is concerned. Yeah, I'd agree with that.
6: <sighs> distance world two has been a blessing in disguise. You say? Uh,
0: well, as far as people, uh, <laughs> as far as Frontier is concerned, because basically. You know, they, they'd have to. Can you imagine the salt that would be if everybody who's play, who normally plays the BGS was having these problems? Instead, most of most of these people are probably away on the distance. Uh,
6: yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, well, for us has been like you know, well as you said mentioned just a few minutes earlier, it's true. I mean, I'm I'm in a kind of unique position in where I'm one of the few explorers that really you know run with the BGS from the beginning, and you know, it's uh, it, it's been really difficult to. To manage because it's really not too broad that can, um, can meet in many places, you know? And, um, um, yeah, it's been challenging from, from that point of view. It's been a blessing in disguise as you say to, to frontier probably to cover some of the shortcomings of the 3.3. But, oh, well, wait till we come back.
3: <laughs> it couldn't really have been better timing to have. If, you, if you're going to have a three month long BGS Cup, you, it couldn't have been better timed than when most of the active players are out of the bubble for a long time.
2: Well, until <laughs> the Distant World guys get back and find out they don't hone any systems anymore.
3: <laughs> yeah, the Frontier have a deadline for when the shit hits the fan, I suppose.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, well, of course, Adam had. Yeah, when he when he did pop up, he has asked for uh, a lot more data. You know, the expected results, the actual results. I it, I think yeah, it this I think this is going to be a, a horrible investigation period for them. And uh, yeah, something's definitely gone funny there.
7: Live radio transmitting. To every corner of the galaxy.
0: So, I think we'll move on to Distant Worlds 2 as, as we, we just basically touched on it. Um, lately, uh, Newsletter 4 has been released from uh, the guys at Distant Worlds, uh, Distant Worlds 2. And also, the departure from Polo Harbor marks the end of Stage 1. So, what's the next stage
6: involved then? Well, after Stage 1 comes, of course, the Stage 2. <laughs> and <laughs> so that's exactly what it started. I mean, um, thank you guys again for the opportunity of having me here. And uh, in the name of the whole admins and staff, thank you so much for your support uh, to Distant Worlds 2. Um, well, uh, first off, like, you know, we, we, we just departed. And, and in that sense, it's similar to Distant Worlds 1 uh, in where we had a stages in where we, we had like a big kind of Community goal, so to speak, but not community goal as as in the game, but as a as a group, right? So the the first stage was um, was precisely to mine all the materials, to have like uh, the start of the expedition going. Uh, in that sense, was very similar to the Star Wars one in terms of we start always, you know, with a slow pace because that allows for people to get used to exploring most of the people in the roster right now uh shouldn't be like you know surprise for anyone but most people are not really explorers this is the first outing of the bubble or the first time that they go like you know uh, weeks and weeks and months into an expedition or the first time that they go to an expedition with other people as well and you know you have to adjust to all of these things And especially, you know, everything seems new, everything seems like uh, very exciting and challenging at times. So um, the reason why we always start low is precisely because of that, because we want people to get used to the pace. It really helps because then you can go back to the bubble if you need to change something. Oh my God, I forgot, I don't know, I forgot my cat, I forgot my purse. You go back, you pick it up, you come back out, you know, and then you rejoin the fleet. At that point, you are not that far away. Me, myself, I had to do that, you know? So uh, I can imagine many people doing the same. Um, the difference is that, of course, uh, in the route this time around, uh, we are now, we have like places here and there with, um, with the stations, something that was not present there in Disney World 1. Disney World 1, we were out in the black on the first step, so to speak. You know, the, the minute we step out of the bubble, that's it. There was nothing. Uh, this time, uh, it's, it's been, like, you know, different in that sense because we have been following um, a route that basically has been, you know, covered by the stations here and there so people can repose, can, you know, uh, do certain things. Um, so stage two, it's... So that was all the stage one about, you know? getting used to it, and collecting the materials. Now, stage two is gonna be about the building of this station in, <coughs> excuse me, so um, close to Sagittarius A. It's not precisely Sagittarius A per se, it's a system that is close by. And, um, and that's basically like the main goal of uh, stage two. Let's have this, um, this starboard um, uh, outfitted properly. And, uh, and that's what the community goal is going to be uh, focusing on. And, of course, there's another community goal, um, mining, that, that has to do with mining. And, uh, and all of our chips are kind of, like, you know, fitted for it. We want to work on that. We're going to be mining in the, in the middle of the galaxy. Everybody's excited. I think that if we see numbers like, like the ones that we saw for the first community goal, uh, this is going to be a total success. So um, the stage 2 goes from from waypoint 5 which is the one that we just launched from on Sunday and it's going to last all the way to waypoint 10 in where a stage 3 will commence but more on the stage 3 when we get there I guess
0: Is it's stage 2 where you expect the fleet attrition to to happen where people think oh, they've had they've had enough and will begin to head back
6: yeah definitely i mean um, it's we we are expecting to see the same thing or the same fleet behavior that we did in Distant Wars One. Sagittarius A is such a monumental waypoint and in the in the galaxy and in the game and, and you know that it's kind of like for some it's kind of like the moon ever. Especially because of the population profile that we that we normally handle. As I was saying before, normally it's not it's not necessarily people that are into Exploration this is the first time. And by the time we get to Sagittarius, people kind of realize, wait a minute, twenty-two thousand light years, this is beautiful, but I have to go back. So now, you know, that starts to kick in. Um other things just start to kick in you know, real life and stuff. It's it's you know, some people go like, Well, you know, I I can't keep going. And then so definitely we are going we are expecting that uh, it's a normal, natural thing to have. Therefore, many people it's just like, all right, I can do it up to here. I visit, the, you know, the center of the galaxy. Thank you so very much. I don't know if I want to, you know, keep going because there is another fact very interesting here for those who have who haven't, you know, a toy around with the with the galaxy map. Uh, Sagittarius is just the third of the whole path to uh, bigger point. So after Sagittarius, we still have 50,000 light years to go before we reach destination. Um, and that's just one way. <laughs> so you're only quarter of the way when you've got to Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit more. It's more like the third part, you know, a third of the way. So, but yeah, it's still, so it's, 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 it's challenging. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a strong proposal, you know. And people have to be aware of that. And it starts to sink in, you know, when you are there in the middle of the galaxy, looking at this supermassive black hole, you go, oh, my God, this is beautiful. This is wonderful. But wait a minute. Where is home? Oh, home is over there. And then it starts to kick <laughs> in, <laughs> you know? It starts to, oh, wait, I have to go back now. Yeah. And we're not yeah. even halfway through.
0: So well, I suppose you could always come up with your own biscuit review show in order to help you get home.
6: <laughs> <laughs> right, I guess so. I mean, at least the good thing is as I said, like now you you have, you know, stations to stop and, 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 and to and to rest going back what going back to the world. but yeah. So it's also it's it's also gonna be a very interesting a stop or wave or, wait or, or a stage because we are now in, at least for me, it's my favorite part of the galaxy because all of this density of stars, um, they present, you know, uh, almost infinite uh, option of exploration, you know, of discovering planets. is very difficult. I mean, I remember the first time I came to Sagittarius, like, I don't know, four years ago, and I remember that, you know, I, I tried to plot, like, 100 light years in economical, I think it was like the maximum that we could do. And I, I remember it was like 70 jumps or something like that, you know, in only 100 light years. So that's 70 systems that you can visit in only that little stretch of a space, I mean, relatively to everything else. So it's it's very rich. Um, even when so many people have come uh, through San and through the area, there's a lot to discover. So there are, um, of course, we're going to be visiting also some of the waypoints that we that we stop in uh, back in distant Wars one. So, for instance, we're going to go to Altum Sagittarii, which was uh, a distant Wars one base camp, which is above Sagittarius A. Um, we are going to go to many way, to many points of interest around, and there is one one we have planned to go like high high above the galactic plane. Because here's the thing, also with the community goal, we're gonna be a, stash, a station in there I, for a couple of weeks. Actually, all you know is gonna be sixteen days. So we are gonna have you know a good time to 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 uh, explore the area and uh, as same time as we probably the coming. So yeah, I'm you know looking forward to it.
0: Ben, do you want to jump in there?
1: Just something I was wondering about, actually, is obviously you know getting to Sagay is. It's definitely a major milestone, but are there any stations on the wrong side of sag a? Once we leave there, there isn't anywhere, is there? Sorry, what? Sorry? I'm just, are there any stations on the wrong side of sag a? Any
6: station on the wrong side of yeah. SAG-A? Wow. Yeah,
0: between SAG-A or... Uh,
6: to B- between sag a and Beagle. There's nothing there, yeah. oh, There's nothing okay. there is there? That, that, that's the wrong side, okay. <laughs> yeah. no there is nothing after um after that station that we're going to be completed there's nothing else until yeah. yeah all the way so the, the, the way ahead is going to be more challenging uh in a sense uh, this is you know this is going to be the most uh definitely the, the most challenging part of this position starts after so you have to say it's when the longest distances are going to be covered is where there is no more stations is where uh, we are gonna be out in the open, and this is where, yeah, it's it's where you know the the the, the is gonna be, I would say, to the most uh, uh, you know challenge, and 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 yeah, it's gonna be more difficult. So yeah,
2: yeah,
1: because I have to, admit, I mean, over a couple well a couple of weeks ago, I was I was basically flying pretty darn blasé because I knew that there was a station. Right, maybe a thousand light years away, which right. isn't the end of the world, really.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: you know mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure some people think that's a long way, but after the jo- distances we're doing, it really puts a scale mm-hmm. on things, and it's like, okay, it's only a thousand light years, whatever.
6: Yes, it's uh, it's a, it's a good point. I mean, we, we as organizers, we you know, we try. There's just so much that we can do. I mean, the the whole fleet is fourteen thousand people. It's very mm-hmm. difficult to have communication. You know, go all through the, fl- the fleet, and you know, of course, certain things you know get lost in translation. People don't get it. Some people don't read this course. Some people don't read anything at all. Some people don't get the message. Don't this do. So it's very difficult to also you know try to to handle this message. You know, communicate these messages down to, to the to the fleet, but. If you have a distant world, two commander and you're out there, um, my recommendation is that, yes, this sense of safety, security, we are close to a station, that better, you know, get uh, fixed or corrected after seven because there's nothing, not for the next 50,000 light years,
1: <laughs> but for back.
6: the next, yes, for the <laughs> next 100,000 light years. So this is where we really jump into the abyss, so to speak. So I mean, Charles done that,
4: hasn't he?
6: Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I suppose it's 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 a matter of of having the awareness or having that mindset that you have to be more mindful with the things that you do with your chip, with the things that you do with your SRB, with your TV, and 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 everything. Uh, So uh, yeah, so please, you know, make sure that. The idea is that we leave everything, anyways, in the in the in the station and the core. Uh, once it's completed and ready, uh, we should be able to just leave there or or mining here, and and then continue onwards. But yeah, it's it's a long it's a long trip. <laughs> uh, ben, is that this what, about,
1: th- yeah, what things? Obviously, when we're on route in as part of the fleet, you've got the whole seals. We've got ADFM, A- AFMUs, but what things can't be repaired once we leave
4: SAG-A? Can the cockpit be um, repaired on route? If you have an AMFU, once it's broken, you, can yeah. you can't repair it.
6: Yeah, I think, well, it also depends on the style of, of travel that you follow and the type of activities that you engage in, right? Um, I would say that uh, in general, if you, if you are, you know, um, careful, uh, enough and, and you're just a, a regular explorer and you, you respect, you know, the, the stars, like you don't fall into a star, uh, like you, you, put your throttle to zero after each jump. If you put your chills on, go down to a planet, if you follow things, you know, by the book, nothing crazy. You should be okay. You should be fine. There is, a, of course, um, there is a possibility, and I'm not saying that we're going to take people, you know, from waypoint to waypoint, whatever people do in between is their business. They can go, you know, sideways, up, ways, down, however you like. And also, it depends on the time that people have uh, allocated for, for, for the trip in their, you know, in their day, day-to-day activities. Um, but yes, there is the chance of, for a, for a stretch there to use the Neutron fields. Uh, there is a Neutron field below. There is a neutral field above, as we know. But <clears throat> using the Neutron, starts to jump, jump, jump. Yes, that's going to affect your FSD. And you should know this. It's, you know, so. Uh, and of course, you're going to be using your AFMU. It's going to affect your FSD. It's going gonna, it's gonna to eventually be affecting more, more of your chip. Mm. So, uh- yeah.
0: Yeah, well, one thing I will point out to, to our listeners is that, um, Distant Worlds 2 has done a fantastic, uh, manual which will covers a lot of the basic information that you need to know if you are going to go on an exploration trip of this of this size. It's the Distant World Survival Handbook. Uh, and um, we will, what we'll do is we'll we'll take this, which it covers a whole load of uh, stuff about white dwarfs, brown dwarfs, uh, the, the super neutron highway and you, is a, is a nice section uh, along with important safety procedures and tips. Um, so what we'll also do is we'll include link into that in the show notes so that um anybody can can have a look at uh at this which is full of of, of fantastic tips just for uh, uh just for anybody who's even starting out at exploring um now the, obviously the, um, the newsletter four came out Silverine, you've had a, a quick look over this i mean what have you thought yeah it's brilliant it's it's really really good it,
3: it's it's a really nice way of keeping uh keeping everything in one place uh so a lot of the you know when you've got so many commanders all generating their own stories and and traveling at their own pace it's um it can be it can be quite you know you hear bits and bobs on twitter bits and bobs on reddit bits and bobs on the forums um and i think these these newsletters are a really nice way of tying together the headlines from the last week of of the expedition and as somebody who's who's not going on it it's it's really nice to um i really look forward to them because um i can just keep up with what's going on there's quite a lot of um as as somebody who's in uh role play uh elite publishing myself i can say that it's um uh, there's quite a lot that's gone into it, so yeah it's, it's worth a read
0: definitely yeah uh, yeah I mean was there was there any bit that really stood out for you because I must admit when i when I've glanced through it it's always the the photos that people post that look fantastic yeah beautiful
3: amazing I, I remember the um the one that the the one that appears to have won uh oh no not no I don't think it one actually just by the look of it it's the editor's pick rather than being the one
0: that um Another community one that one. yeah yeah um
3: that is just astounding it's a ship flying into a um a nebula that's being warped through a black hole um and it's just i don't know how these people take these photos they're incredible um yeah. and also the, the the this latest journey this la- latest leg has been so full of um really beautiful phenomena especially the um and the previous one as well, with the rusty net and the um, was the collection of wonders two two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I can't remember. But we we have had a really spectacular run of of amazing photo fodder. I reckon the other thing that stood out as being really fun was the um, <laughs> there's a there's a cooking with Walkeen bit, yes. the matter, <laughs> which
0: I really enjoy. <laughs> yeah, and um, and especially when they're tra- and stuff. Are they, are they trying to actually cook it using the ship's engines? or <laughs> <laughs> just, camera you pans blackened up. the outside thoroughly, it is ready to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a of like lobster door.
4: Yeah, lovely. <laughs> but you can't really have dehydrated meals because you can't land on water waterworks to get the water in to rehydrate them. True that.
3: Good point. Uh, another quote: I like to dip mine in a creamy blue cheese sauce mixed with a kilo of one hundred percent pure earth cocaine. Mm. <laughs> you had me a blue cheese sauce. <laughs> you had me a blue cheese sauce, and now I can't sleep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's there something, uh, yeah. <laughs> Onto onto the, the the usual conversations we have of drug abuse on this show, ah, oh, makes you pine for the days of Onion Head. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, I, is there anything? I mean, obviously we've got the, this this new event coming in on next two weeks. Is there anything else in distant world 2 that? Uh, we should be aware of that's This happening, or is it just everybody's ploughing for for the next one? I mean,
1: is that a question to Cancro?
0: Yeah, basically. It, yeah, it is, is. Is there anything that um, Cancro that you think would be of interest to people on the way to the next waypoint, or is it is it just plough on and 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 uh, and get ready for your mining equipment? Is, yeah,
3: as, as somebody who knows that bit of the galaxy well, is there a little? Is there a is there a specific system or few systems that you think are an absolute can't miss?
6: Yeah, like um, as we do with every way, uh, once we release the information, we normally try to release it. You know, with the with the map and of, of the of the region or the sector that we're visiting, and in there we have marked um, you know the, the the points of interest to visit. Which are, you know, coming from the from the uh, from the galactic uh, star map that the community has been building on for years and years and years. So definitely, people are, you know, every Sunday they are looking forward for a release of next waypoint in where we go in details. Like, okay, this is what you can see, or these are, you know, recommended spots for everyone to check out, you know, on on your way to the, to. To the next stop, and um, in that regards as i commented before in the waypoint 7 for instance we're going to now go to altum sagittari which was one of the base camps of, of, of the first distant world expedition uh one of the POIs i mean i don't want to spoil anything yet but one of the POIs is going to go is it, way above the galactic plane so we're going to have a beautiful sight of the galaxy below and yeah there's going to be many 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 other POIs POI, especially in that section, because, as I say, it's so rich that, that you know, that, there are many POIs to check out. And, you know, hopefully, the 60 days, uh, you know, will help for that, uh, for people to, to go through all of We've had
4: a couple of questions about the availability of mining modules and shipyard in time for the next CG, because I know in the first one, it wasn't... There wasn't a shipyard and there wasn't mining equipment when it first kind of went live. So I'm wondering, do we know if Frontier is going to make those available from day one? Or do you think it's something that will sort of add a couple of days in?
6: Well, that's a good question. And I'm not quite sure if I get an answer. However, general, you know, um, sound judgment, I would say, get your stuff in Colonia if you don't have it with you right now. Get your stuff in Colonia and then just go to, to there. I think there's going to be, there's definitely going to be outfit in there. I know that. What type of equipment is going to be, I'm not sure. If there is mining gear there, if, and I'm not saying that it's, it's certain, but suppose that there is any kind of gear there, I would imagine, I would expect you not know, precisely to be the top shelf material. But you know, or components—I already call them. But I, yeah, that that will be you know my best guess so far. So definitely, there's gonna be a feeling to lift the stuff that, So for, in order for you to do that, it's gonna you know the outfitting option has to be there. So yes, definitely there's gonna be a feeling. Yes, you can you can you know uh, remove your mining gear. But in terms of of gearing up. There, uh, I don't, I don't know how good uh will do tonight. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, one of the things that has
0: also happened this week is that Frontier have announced there's going to be a new kind of stream. Now, this is the Frontier Extra Stream, which. As given as a different brief from the usual Twitch streams and the usual Thursday night streams that we normally have, Um, these seem to be the, they've announced that it says that we'll take you through the latest news for Frontier Games and Communities. They will talk about active discussions within the community. Uh, various creations and screenshots of the month, fun moments they've encountered, and more. Um, these streams will be happening last Friday of the month, with the first one being on the 22nd of February at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That's 1500 UTC. And they will be dedicating some time to any questions you might have about the Frontier games you play. Uh, Question of the month is, what do you want to know about the gaming industry, Frontier itself, or the community managers slash developers? The one thing that Will has underlined on this one is that the first stream won't answer any 2019 plans, which I think everybody is is chomping on the bit to hear about. Um, So, has anybody got any uh, opinions on this one?
7: Why the
1: frack are they doing it at three o'clock in the middle of the afternoon? It's shit for Europe, it's shit for America. Who are the audi- who's the audience? <laughs> Primary school kids.
4: I'm not sure <laughs> the frontier lunchtime streams seem to be very
0: well populated. Yeah, but that's lunchtime. I'm am able even I'm able to get on the internet at lunchtime.
2: Primary school like kids, lunch. that's what it'll be. It'll be for all the wee kids coming home from school.
1: <laughs> Um, yeah, but even then they don't come home until you know, school finishes at 3 o'clock, 3.15. That's where all the sort of disposable well, income is now. Well, maybe maybe it's aimed at the stay-at-home mums or something. You know, this is the Jeremy Kyle version
0: of the Frontier stream. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have, Commander uh, Edler Weiss, <laughs> we're here doing a DNA
4: test. Thog the Mighty is carrying your child. <laughs> and if it doesn't use that much I'll, I'll introduce Frontier to the delights of Mary Kondo and there won't be any computer equipment left <laughs> in the streaming room
2: I don't think I don't think Jerry McCall would work I mean do not all the Imperials just sleep with their own relatives anyway it's just like you know, a
0: <laughs> big deal
1: are
2: you implying are
0: you
1: uh, that, that are the old play
2: with Federals
0: <laughs> no, they didn't like that did they I am waiting for my um, my sister, and my wife. Or oh, here she is now.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why they've got blue hair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the calls and costs don't match, and they have quoted on that.
5: The thing I think's a little odd is, now we had the Q4 update finally from last year, I'm surprised they're still being tight-lipped about what they have planned for the next, for like, well, the future, you know. That is... I,
0: I I think they've got they've this is them being tight-lit because uh, of the amount of expectation that has been put in things in the past. I um, mean, I remember the have run up to uh, two point three. The commanders when you know when multi crew was, was was all being discussed and everybody was was going ballistic, expecting it to be the next bridge commander. And to tell you the truth, I, I think I, all of us here wanted it to be the next bridge commander and it turned out to be not the next British commander. Uh, and I think one of the things that they've learned is that don't have people, uh, don't give them hints, because otherwise they'll just run with it and run with it, and the expectation will get too out of hand. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we've all seen that under our rampant ex- uh, expectation go out of hand about the, the Gnosis event and all the rest of it.
4: Well, I'm not sure that was so much rampant expectations about the Gnosis. That was just messed up. Mm.
3: Yeah. Also, they've got to they've got to they've got to um, they've got to announce new features at some point. Um, and I doubt if they're working on something big, it's probably quite a long way away. And I I doubt they'll be able to keep up complete radio silence for like six months, for example. Um, no.
4: So I mean, uh, I guess- if you think about it, if you think about it, like when. At Frexpo last year, they did their 2019 roadmap, and although we had, you know, the engineer revamp and all the other bits in between, the bit people were most looking forward to and speculating about was squadrons and carriers. Mm -hmm. And at the time, that was more than 12 months away. So I think if they announce something soon, the hype train will keep going.
5: Do you think do you think we'll hear them mention fleet carriers in the next 6 months?
3: Oh, they've got to. Come on, they've got to mention fleet carriers. If they if they don't, it'll be oh. <laughs> It's got that's got to happen. If if reprioritizing doesn't mean sort of on, you know, pretty close on the on on
0: the list then <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that uh, well, I think everybody's still a bit disappointed that we're not getting any more news. I mean, we've I think everybody on the forums is going it, it, it's, it's not ballistic, but there's concern, and I've seen this happen in other MMOs where they haven't had anything happen in a, for a period of time, and then all of a sudden that's it the game's getting sun, sunset and um, you know pe- people start panicking. But I, I guess, I mean, we've, we've said sort of the end of Q1, maybe Q beginning of Q2 to expect something. Just to, Otherwise, oh, I'd hate to think what the salt on the forums are going to be like at that point. I think uh,
3: Cancro has got to leave us, so it might be worth just saying thanks to uh, Cancro Vantas for joining us this evening from the Distant Worlds um, organisation team.
6: Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Yes, and I'm sorry I gotta go, but um thank you so much for the opportunity and um yeah i mean i i i expect to see you out there and i expect you to be going after sagittarius a all right so (laughs) uh, (laughs) join us for the for the for the big jump, okay and um
0: thanks for joining (laughs) us it it, that's it's been excellent
6: yeah have a good one all right thank you so much guys cheers bye bye cheers (laughs)
0: <laughs> and as cancro disappears off to to recharge his batteries, um, I mean, I don't think there's anything really much more to say. We'll have to see what their their first uh, stream is like and uh, see what happens from there. Tell you
3: what I found interesting about the stream: um, the fact that it's all three, well, not all three, but all of the games. The fact that it's a the fact that it's a um, a frontier wide thing i found that quite interesting because i wouldn't have thought the market for a i don't know many people who play planet coaster and
4: elite dangerous
2: um most
4: people really really i think i think a, i think a, a, i think there's a lot of elite dangerous players who also play planet coaster and who also play Jurassic world i mean we know Cow doesn't because he's got twenty thousand copies of planet coaster but <laughs> but yeah i'd say this you know the the, the middle of the venn diagram for frontier games is probably quite big okay that's interesting i i i wouldn't have thought that i only know one person who
3: plays planet coaster um and i guess the other thought i had was i wonder whether that's indicative of a wider trend for example epic games like steam has developer specific sales on occasionally and um other other di- other distribute like publishers are, are bringing out their own online stores I know Epic Games are doing a lot to kind of promote the Epic brand rather than specific games. So I, I just wondered whether it was part of something that was a bit industry-wide that Frontier would, you know, they're trying to carve out more of a reputation for Frontier as as a personality rather than just the games themselves. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and I mean, yeah, th- this is going to probably be the announcement uh, stream, if you like. So you know, whatever their next IP is going to be, or if there is a new pack coming out for for planet coaster or for jurassic world this that's where you'll probably hear about it first but uh, we're definitely obviously... not
3: hearing about elite danger no
0: know that. not in this one anyway unless they were lying and they do sell us something <laughs> no <laughs> they, they probably don't ben
1: do you guys remember the very first edition of planet coaster actually shipped with a frontier launcher and you could you'd log into that, and it would log you into either Planet Coaster or Elite Dangerous.
4: No. <laughs> yes, I remember that.
1: I, I'm just wondering if that's something that they might be contemplating resurrecting and expanding.
0: Well, you mean like the Origin Launcher or you know, something like that, that. that? Yeah. Well, they are getting the uh You know the. Five Fran- French fries. Fran- oh, I'll start that one again. Five,
1: fr- uh, five French fries. Five
0: French fries. Five French fries, yes. Five
2: <laughs> <laughs> French fries. Yes,
0: well, mm. French French francies, please.
4: Mm.
2: <laughs> I've not had a French fancy for years. Jeez, I, I think, you know. I think Is that we, a thing?
4: Yes, yeah, I. Well, after March the twenty-ninth, you'll have a job finding a
2: French anything.
1: <laughs> oh, I think we'll have a job finding an any anything.
2: <laughs> the internet will be on. We're slow. getting political again, aren't we? Yeah, we skipped right into. It. Um, I think you know, <laughs> I, I remember that twin launcher, and I don't think it's the way to go. There's I don't think yeah.
3: Frontier have enough clout for it at the moment. Well, I, I mean, mean, there's it, a thin line between a launcher and a, and a, and a marketplace. I um, don't. So it, it does potentially have legs, but it, it seems like. It doesn't seem like they've got enough clout for something like that. It
2: was their dream. Um, if we go back to Kickstarter and before Elite launch and the uh, the sort of initial Elite launcher, uh, they were talking about the fact that at that stage they didn't foresee going to Steam, and they didn't really want to go to Steam. They wanted to develop their own marketplace and release all their games on one platform. That was definitely something that was on their uh, aims and objectives. That then promptly got lost with the. Ah, oh, fuck it, we'll put it on Steam.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I remember that, actually, yeah, now that you mention it. So the uh, thing uh, is, you, yeah. they're going to need a much bigger games catalogue to even contemplate having their own content delivery system. Yeah. Um, and i just not... Why would you
5: spend the money developing it when Steam is... Well, I think no one. the reason you spend the money developing it is 30% of all of your sales going to someone else is a yeah. big chunk of cash.
3: Steam are very... I mean, Steam are greedy.
5: That is the big differentiator between the Epic Game Store and the Steam one is they want like 12% of your sales, whereas Steam, are they just don't budge. And I do think that maybe the competition coming to the market for stores will actually make Steam reconsider that position because it's, it's an Apple qu- quantity of, you know, taking profit off someone else, isn't it, really? 30% is huge.
3: Yeah, it's massive. I think um, the CEO of Epic was pushing for 5%, I read, um, and his, it was only shareholders that made him be like, no, no, it's got to be 12%. But, the, yeah, the effect can only be good in terms of, like, indie game design and, and the effect on Steam as well.
5: Yeah, totally. Also,
1: though, isn't this the way that GOG basically started? You know, they, they, they wanted a way to sell Witcher and their products... <laughs> And then they went off and they had their launcher and selling their stuff and wrapped it around all the GOG stuff. I didn't know about that. That's new to me.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think all of those things happened because of the slice of pie Steam wants. Mm-hmm. If you look at when Elite launched, its it wasn't really very common for there to be a launcher other than, say, Steam or maybe the Blizzard app. But fast forward to, like, present day, it's much more common. There's many more uh, games that come with their own launches and downloaders now than they used to be. And I think that is just them trying to recover more of their investment in their games than you know bunging on the best store i'd be interested to know if sales figures outweigh the fatter slice of the pie though
3: yeah that would be interesting I'll tell you something else in longer term i wonder if having their profits um competed away will force valve to uh consider making games again
5: oh steady on
0: <laughs> <laughs> what you mean the legendary half-life three
5: Actually, that is,
0: that
4: is going to be their, their announcement. Frontier are writing Half-Life 3. <laughs> <laughs> the, um,
3: the copyright's probably expired on the Half-Life franchise by now, like Edgar Allan Poe's books. It's probably free for all now
5: actually i did read an article only a week or two ago which was the last of the like valve head writers that worked on the whole half-life franchise left the company like six weeks ago so i think that's a real shame because obviously they're either they've got it all in the bag and it's about to come out to great fanfare or it's canned isn't it
0: (laughs) well considering that the one of the the writers actually put a synopsis of what the last episode was supposed to be uh on the internet at some point, oh, And yeah. I remember reading it thinking, Oh oh maybe it's glad it didn't turn out that way.
2: I heard they were <laughs> releasing it as a mobile game.
5: It probably is already, Carol, you joke, but I bet you there's probably some port of it to the Android store. So what
4: you you have to buy like five gold coins from shop
5: <laughs> to to <clears throat> something it's per round you know every time you want to shoot it's five coins <laughs> uh commander witherspoon has just said in our twitch chat that black mesa is wonderful and he's absolutely right that's like a fan remake of half-life one and it is glorious yeah but it's it's got valves full support that one hasn't it i will totally yeah they they got valves blessing and probably some help putting it together it is stunning well when is, is that secret?
2: not the secret then uh, what they're doing is they're just sitting back and waiting for someone to write a decent sequel for them.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Making games is Total. hard and expensive.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but all they've got the money, though, haven't they? Because they've got thirty percent of everyone else's money, so they've got no excuse on the money front.
0: No, the fan remake. I think he means. Oh, sorry. Just, yeah. just waiting for the fans to remake their own version. <laughs> I think there have been a couple of um,
3: there have been a couple of fan imagined um additions to the series
4: there was that han you so sorry can you imagine the fandom squee if with elite face legs they had a gordon freeman environmental suit walk around
2: <laughs> it? I, I, don't, totally. I don't i don't oh, know oh. what to do i don't know how uh, that's not negativity that's like an awesome awesomeness meter we need for that kind of idea where we we keep it squee of joy yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah. I I definitely want a crowbar behind a glass thing in my cabin, you know, in case <laughs> of emergency, smash glass kind of.
3: Yeah,
0: Sovereign, did you ever
5: point? Uh, I, I, a I t- wanted, t- do.
3: You know, I can't can't remember what it was. I got I got I got <laughs> uh, I got washed away in a oh, on so a, sorry tidal wave of speculative excitement, and I've completely forgotten what point I had. But rest assured, listeners, that it was incisive, witty, and entertaining.
0: So as we have taken the Thomas the Tank Engine branch line to Tangent City, um, (laughs) uh, what we'll do is we'll take a quick advert break and then we'll come back with our main topic.
2: Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, my husband, Ken, can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife, Barb's, is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus my daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir, cough, please. (coughs) You've flown ships at max speed... You've felt the power of the 30-megawatt mining laser. You've experienced the efficiency of the MB-4
7: mining machine. Wow. But it leaves every hardcore miner with just one question. Why can't I get a shave that's that fast, close, and efficient?
5: Introducing the Saracen MB-5 shaving drone.
2: It's so smooth
5: combining the power of a mining laser with the convenience of a drone. It's like every hair is targeted by a fighter and destroyed. Saracen's patented shaving drone attaches to your face at the start of the day. Leave it to do its work, and when you come back to check, your face is shaved.
7: He's so smooth. It's like I'm mining my face.
5: The Saracen MB-5 shaving drone.
7: Now I feel
2: manly.
5: Saracen Shaving. Making shaving... An unnecessary adventure.
0: <laughs> and welcome back. Uh, now, one of the things that we were going to do, we were going to go into a deep dive of the, uh, the of the BSG and its state at the moment. But what with uh, Adam popping up on the forums and uh, explaining the the issues with the the. Uh, uh, with the system, we thought we'd actually try um, and be a little bit more positive and go for some rampant speculation again. Um, I think the main question we've got to ask: that there is a, a hint that there are mission packs coming. Well, we've we've all seen the um, the leaked footage of uh, uh, that's this was available and it got included in the beta, uh, and we would thought I'd go around the the group and say if there was going to be a mission pack, what would you want in that mission pack? I mean, personally, I'm wondering whether or not it's, it's the first stage of turning elite dangerous into some kind of theme park instead of a sandbox. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep my reservations, uh, to a minimum at the moment, because I don't want to, to have the, uh, the negativity meter thrown at me from Cal. And, uh, as Psycho Cow is, is indicating to me he'd like to go first
2: yes indeed, um, it's dead simple so we all you know, remember the days of, of trading uh, slaves and, and selling your imperial slaves uh, what about missions to go around collecting people You know, actually, passenger mission actually passengers <laughs> being sold into slaves missions like that
3: yes, so, source me 64 tonnes of slaves well, I'm, yes. No questions
2: asked. That brilliant. And, and you capture other players, you get even more money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shan, I somehow I've got you you've been
4: enthusiastic about this, Shan. I do love the idea. The other the idea for a mission pack I had though was you had a mission where you needed to use a certain class or a certain ship to accomplish yes. so for example if you if you, you need to reach a data beacon inside um a cqc structure in game you can't get in there in your corvette or your cutter you have to use a sidewinder or even a, a fighter so basically you have ship tight specific missions because the advantage of that was not only would it be something different and fun it would also give you a reason for using the smaller ships again
0: yeah, I mean, that is one thing that um, I am hoping for, is that something comes in that involves every ship in the game. Um, Silverin? I would like to... So so
3: Obsidian Ant said something on a video months ago that really struck me, which was to make uh, go to quite a lot of effort to make pretty assets and then don't really do anything with them, and really only make them available to people who look at third-party stuff on the internet. Like the Thargoid bases, like the Guardian beacons, there's probably more that I can't remember, like the Inra bases, like the um, like the Jameson's Cobra. Those things are awesome, and they exist entirely separately to the BGS, entirely separately to the mission generation system, and with pretty much no, there's pretty much no in fiction in-game linked to them at all. So like if I was a new player now, and i'm on Xbox or something, and I only played on the on the sofa and I didn't have a second monitor where I was constantly googling things about the game, I wouldn't know that any of those things existed. So what I would like to see is those assets that Frontier have made um, utilized more by the procedural mission generation system. So for example, I'd like to see my local faction saying, hey commander, we need a we need a, an adventurous sort to go and um, check out Something to do with um, the crashed Cobra. Um, we, we we know we're updating our our archives, and where we want a bit more information on uh, Commander Jameson, can you go and and get the logs for us? Or, right, Commander, we uh, we we know that ages are doing all the research into the thargoids, but we want to do our own. We um and so as a, we want. We need a ton of Thargoid resin. Can you go and get us some? Because none of our pilots are equipped for it. Things like that to actually direct us to go and engage with this content that Frontier seemed to have put in basically as Easter eggs to this point. So yeah. it's not so much. It's it's. it's I guess my, my point isn't so much like this is what I want to see fully voice act. More like I think that the some bits of the game are being underused, currently.
4: Quickly, Sean? Oh, my, my head off. Um my head's going off. Yeah, I was I was just thinking about mission content and and stuff like that, and I would want something with lasting consequences. So you can have a standalone mission pack, but what I would like to see is if you've done this mission pack or if you got this, then it opens the door to other things. So it almost becomes a personal story. So uh, yeah, it's basically a mission pack. That like gives you a character in Lee, a a story to work through. Because that is one of the things I think people do like. They they like the sandbox, but there's there's a group of people who want to be fed a theme park. And I think a yeah. mission pack that gave that theme park kind of feel, I think would probably be quite good. Okay, Ben.
1: Yeah, I mean expanding on that, I think it's something I've been saying almost since the alpha. Actually, that what. I think would be an excellent introduction to the game, would be the option to, say, start as a federal pilot when you are you come in and welcome Commander, and it's more like playing Wing Commander. It's like, yeah, you're going off and you're doing a combat air patrol in a Sidewinder. Shut up so, and deal with it. No. So but, effective,
0: effectively, you want Squadron 42 for Elite.
1: Effectively, I suppose, yeah. But I would want it all in the same game. So obviously, you've got Commander's... Like new players may be coming in, doing that content, earning stuff and things, but they could then go off and do the generated missions if they want. But if they're in the middle of, of a military career, they might have consequences for being AWOL. Nice. Um,
3: to add to but- that, I'd also like to see... Uh, to, to add to what Ben's saying, if those mission choices... Uh, were mutually exclusive in some way at the moment i'm allied to all the superpowers you know how stupid is that i can't be allied to all the superpowers like (laughs) you know let's insert some consequences here like you know pursue you know do do the all right commander you're a rookie federation pilot if you've chosen that that course of action that means you can't have a you can't be any more than neutral with the empire for example
0: yeah yeah I mean, that's one thing that I've always wanted
5: in the, in the game, but it, it doesn't seem it works out that way. Kurgle? Uh Yeah, one of the things I think that they could... Do you remember the, like, the trainer missions you get that are outside of the main game? Yeah. Yes. They, yeah. they went from being visual prompts to being voice acted at one stage, and yeah. they are significantly better voice acted with someone sort of talking you through the missions. And I'd kind of like to see missions voice acted like that, that would introduce you to all the various aspects of the game. So maybe there is one for, I have a buyer that needs someone to go and get me these, you know, rare materials from say some Malavian brandy. So you go and pick them up for this faction. It'd be nice if the game could run you through a half a dozen or a dozen different modes of play with, nice storied versions of each of those gameplay loops. That's what I'd
0: like. I, I, you mean expanding on what's already there? Because it, it covers the basic in the existing voice um, tutorials. But-
5: yeah, I, I think rather than it just being like a tutorialed mission, actually having it as a storied mission. Do you know what I mean? So that mm-hmm. there is some... some insight into the world behind the game rather than just if you click this button and buy this thing good
3: Mm, to go. story missions what i don't want is a mmo a traditional mmo style thing where hi i'm i'm archetypal npc and i'm going to pretend i have a i'm going to pretend i have a meaningful relationship with you and give you exactly the same go collect help me i've got 10 rats rats to kill Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go and kill six mud crabs. Yeah, I,
5: I don't think ten space rats. The um is the sort of quest. I mean, you know, it more just like if you're if you're a new player to the game, the game doesn't do an awful lot to tell you the difference between doing a rares run or you know fighting thargoids or you know normal trade or exploration. Yeah, true. Beyond just giving you a mission that is go do the thing. I would like to see some storied missions where maybe as you first get your pilot's license and come into the game, you get to, like, well, before we give you your license, we're going to ask you to go and, you know, scan this planet. Or
0: Or or liberate these prisoners and have someone take you through the whole process of actually interdicting
5: and stealing cargo from somebody. Yeah, or Perhaps. you dock up at an anarchy station, and it says to you, we want you to go hack this satellite and tell us what, you know, get this data scan for us, and that yes. teaches you that you can get data scans by hacking satellites. Perhaps the open play version is kill 10 fuel rats.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> There's your uh, rat quest, I guess. <laughs> oh, okay, so kill cool kill. <laughs>
2: Right, well, there's something that's bugged me having done uh, mining opals and all this kind of stuff and uh, you make a, you log off, you log back in and you, you don't know where the hell you are in that whole <laughs> asteroid field but some wee bastarding pirate. So number one, I'd like a mission to find out which of those bastards in the universe keep telling the pirates where the hell I am making my journeys a nightmare. But something that <laughs> actually has been frustrating but actually does tackle that is, um, if we were to alter the game a small bit and whenever you jump into a populated system that has a nav point, rather than appearing at the star you arrive at the nav point now it's important because that then actually makes sense that you would get pirated immediately upon arrival because they would come over and scan your ship because you'd arrive in normal space at that data point you would then be logged It would then open up missions for patrolling nav points and scanning ships, almost like the old um, X-Wing games where you used to Mm -hmm. have to scan cargo containers. So, I mean, if you were on parole for uh, crimes in a faction, you could fix your standing by maybe scanning uh, 50-odd ships, um, or it could be mission-based or it could even be jobs that you could take on just to uh, patrol systems uh, and keep the pirates out, or tag a ship that's of interest or carrying contraband. It would create a sense of why when you arrive in a system you get picked on for just having a cargo when no one's ever scanned you no one knows that you were out there mining that bugs me so I think if we had missions like that that would open up an awful lot of places um, of of interesting missions where you would go to a nav point in a system and scan ships looking for your target and if he evades you there you can then follow him throughout that system until he leaves the system and then maybe try and get ahead of him to the next nav point waiting for him to arrive that kind of cat and mouse stuff and I don't think it's particularly game breaking uh, because you could have uh, a technique by which you can interrupt the jump to fall out at a star, and where there's a nav point, or compromised nav points may cause problems. But when you're out exploring, there wouldn't be nav points, and therefore, your natural next destination would be to arrive at the sort of strong gravitational pull of a star. Which means that it's just about creating reasons and kind of that little degree of it's not quite hand wavium but it actually fits the world better. Why have nav points? Why Why are they there if we're not forced to come out at them when we jump into a system? If it's not a choke point for a system, this is where you arrive, right at this nav point. Then scan it, get your details, and then go into the system.
5: I think that's a really cool idea. I think it'll also be really cool if you're jumping into a system, you could choose ahead of time which like nav point you were going to land on. So if there's three stars in a system, maybe you're going to land at the B-stars nav point. Rather than the A stars now point.
0: Yeah, um just quickly, I'll I'll jump in on this one because I know for a fact that this was tried. Uh, they they tried this in internal testing, and the design decision was that it slowed people down too much from uh, from going from the star to the station. And the design decision at the time was that um, they didn't want that. Uh, and that's what they came to, because that was suggested in the DDF uh, a long time ago, and uh, unfortunately it, it wasn't actioned on, and I don't know whether or not they'll change it. So, um, Shan, do you want to go next?
4: Yes, I was just going to ask the question. So we've kind of had a 10, 15 minutes of what we would like to see. What do you think we will get? Oh, well,
0: personally, what we'll probably get is five chain missions, and that'll make up the pack five chain missions that follow a, a basic theme and i'm scared that it will turn into basically everybody goes does these same five missions like over and over again uh where you win something at the end so that everybody wins it and you know it's the kind of we're all rescuing the princess and the castle again
3: uh, that would be, be so far from the 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 stated aim of the game though
0: yeah i know but that's what i'm expecting yeah I guess. I don't, I don't want that. Trust me, I don't want it. It's, it's what I'm me uh, putting my cynical hat on and think is, oh, it'll probably turn out like that. It's not a million miles from um, the
3: Ramtar mission.
0: Well, no, I'd, I'd, I'd argue about that. The, the Ramtar mission felt different because there were so many points in between the Ramtar mission which made it feel different every time you ran it. Mm. For instance, one time when I, I stole and um, i sampled stuff from the thargoids and started heading up to uh, uh, to start scanning one of the scouts i got intercepted three times by thargoids on this particular run and that was squeaky bum time but it it was something different i just wanted this variety in the random nature of the, the of the galaxy which makes it different every time And yeah
5: anyway kergel <laughs> uh yeah i think the thing I liked, like the the thing that was added last year that I think added the most um, depth to the feel of the game world, was when they put damaged space stations in, and the whole like rescuing people out of them while the the inside of the station was on fire. And I kind of feel like I want more of the world to be filled out with that level of depth than I do specific missions that are, like you say, Rescue the Princess, you know, just a linear progression of missions and everyone does the same thing. I want the things that are already there to to envelop more of the game world and, like, you know, stations to get knocked out or... Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, it, it needs to be significant changes to the core gameplay of the game rather than here is... Here's a bunch of missions out of Alioth for a faction in Alioth, or yeah. Tot- tot- I, in fact, on or...
3: hazard, the the damage stations and the missions and gameplay associated with them, with them was one of the best bits of one of the best bits of narrative plus gameplay that they of the it, last couple of years. It was brilliant. On a, yeah,
5: honestly, proper shivers down your spine moments as you're creeping through a station and something explodes and your ship gets you know, and you, you're going to hear the metal twisting over you. I want more of that. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. absolutely. Right. Um, has, has anybody missed a goal? I mean, I mean, personally, I'm hoping that we do get stuff that will involve missing assets like uh, space dredgers and things like that. I mean, can you imagine As if you, if you think of a space dredger as a, as a kind of mini Death Star approaching a station, you've got to work out the series of missions about how to stop that space dredger? Yeah, that would be, yeah, cool. be pretty cool. Now this is actually interesting. Do you think that these mission packs should be single player, reduced to say the size of a wing, or should it be available to everybody in the
3: MMO? Um, the, a wing is a, a wing is kind of the the by the it's it's the sort of smallest unit of scripted play really because you know anything you can have you can set common goals for squadrons but but only you can only actually receive the same. Sort of up to the minute updates on on mission progression if you're in a wing. So it would um, also with knowing with the way the, the, the game's architecture, the peer to peer thing. I, I feel like Frontier would probably shy away from any from anything like trying to create content for 20 players to follow in real time together, um, just because of instancing.
4: Sure, I think they're going to have to make them a solo player because. The thing is, is if you, let's say we all decide to have to do a mission Mm -hmm. and let's say Ben is too cheap to buy the mission pack, so he can't then join in. So it would, and we then need, say, five people to do the mission. It kind of forces people to buy the DLC rather than it being an option, if you see what I mean. So it's going to have to be solo. I'm not sure selling it as group or win content wouldn't cause a lot of fuss it could potentially be both like you know
3: wing missions. you can take wing missions on on your own and do them there's no reason that there's no reason that content couldn't be um that couldn't be taken on uh by a solo player or by a wing um and i'm sure it's possible for some behind the scenes you would have to make sure it would
4: you have to make sure though it's scaled accordingly yeah, but it could yeah. do. I'm sure that's possible. Within,
0: within the limitations, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking mostly of, you know, the SOTOR flashpoints, which is basically story content that everybody plays, but you have to play in a group of four or you used to. Now, nowadays, you can actually hire NPCs to come with you, but, um, you know, it is... Surely they'll be able to you know, scale let's say five short missions that would match that
5: what if say like mixing some of the ideas from earlier what if the mission pack was a empire or fed you do the mission mm-hmm. but at the end you're one or the other yeah yeah that, I, that, do you that, know what i mean because actually important... there are two areas of the game that aren't really heavily explored the superpowers i mean even you could have it as a three-way thing couldn't you if you wanted to throw the alliance in there um that would be brilliant. That could be pretty cool, you know, and a reason to have a story along each of those superpowers separate from the main game and just the normal political going-ons. Um, yeah, that's got a bit of... It's got legs. legs. ...to it, yeah. Don't, legs. don't say it's got <laughs> legs. Don't, <laughs> YouTube, don't say it's got legs.
3: I, I, would, I would just hazard that they probably will slash would like to do that. But while, until we get walking around atmospheric landings, cities, NPCs, that kind of thing, there isn't actually that much identity to the superpower. They're really just different colored space stations. So I imagine that that kind of thing is coming, but they're waiting until they can give them more personality.
5: Yeah. Do you, I I worry in some respects that a storied mission pack might result in kind of in engine cutscenes you know like the sort of commander footage we've seen in some of their trailers and stuff but without any gameplay attached to it do you think we'll see sort of cutscenes for storied missions well
0: we already know that we've we've already seen some of the cutscenes haven't we
5: I'm not sure are they cutscenes or are they just like trailer teaser
3: type well they were in the game files I don't think the ram I don't think the Ramtar videos were um, were in the game files. They were just released on social media and things. The yeah. fact that they were the, the fact that they were in the patch does indicate that they were presumably to be used by the game at some point while you're playing it. But I don't know. Well,
2: what
1: about the idea of introducing a new kind of presumably NPC, but maybe not a communicator, which basically gives you a nice little hollow projector, say. ...of their avatar, which could then be speaking to you. And obviously, if um, if you're in communication with a, a human, then you maybe see the human's avatar sort of hollowed out. Ho-
5: holograms um, being beamed onto my bridge. That sounds awesome.
1: Maybe like a, a mini hologram sitting on your dashboard or something.
5: Yeah, or even, or even Like a bobblehead. Oh my God, bobblehead <laughs> comms. That would be <laughs> Yeah, Space
3: um, Skype. There's... <laughs> we've got um we've got mug shots from Hollow me why not yeah. have yeah um, why not have animated head and shoulders yeah, that, so uh, they to- they
5: to- yeah t- totally that i'm all for that would be amazing yeah.
1: but i prefer it almost like you know take it above what we had in frontier where it was badly animated or badly badly uh procedurally generated pictures to the yeah. Hollow me's which are really really scary and have it somewhere that makes sense. In your cockpit, but I'm not quite sure whether I'd want it over to the side or, or in front of me. Well, the cockpit, uh,
3: the comms panel would make sense because,
5: you know, you, you're used to glancing at it Yeah,
1: if it took up that it, room there, that could work. And and it if it could voice. go where your
5: like target would be on the left of your scanner because presumably in the middle of a comms yeah. call you're not caring what your, <laughs> your targeting is saying.
0: Okay, well, final question is, uh, do you think these mission packs would be connected with either the power play characters or the engineer characters?
1: Would make a lot of sense. And you know, do we not still have the idea of the tier one, tier two, tier three NPCs, even though nothing happens to them?
3: There is some. Um, uh, we have not heard from Frontier that they've shelved the idea of a power play overhaul. And the fact mm-hmm. that power play is built into the structure of squadrons. Indicates that they that they have that they don't intend to jettison power play any time soon. So, assuming that they're going to continue to build power play into things, I imagine that the mission packs will probably be surprised if they didn't either use the use that law infrastructure
4: or refer to them in some way. I think my ideal power play related mission pack would be if you had different missions for each power that you push to. So, so instead of buying an Ashen Deval Mission pack and then a Petraeus mission pack and you know, then a Winter's mission pack. You could, you brought one and then you, you maybe would do missions depending on which power. So, I don't know, you you get one set of missions that would be one way if you were on uh, Ashley and side and a different set of missions but with opposing objectives if you're on, I don't know, Petraeus' side. Yeah. So you you know, I can remember in Command and Conquer and things like that where you got. sometimes for the same mission but from a different point of view yes yeah yeah That'd be
0: brilliant well we're going to bring this uh quickly to a close because uh well we're, we're beginning to run a little late um what we're going to do what i'm going to quickly do is um go through some of the stuff in the community corner that has been happening in the last week or so um well first of all um Elite dangerous reddit has now hit hundred and fifty thousand subscribers and has a competition um, what we'll do is we'll put uh, a link in the show notes for that and it's got a picture of a new snoo so um <laughs> I'm not quite so sure who uh, it, it was Stuart G.t. I'm not quite so sure who does the uh the admin for the for that and good luck to them when you see some of the conversations um Sagittarius I issue eighteen. Commander Souverine has been released. Yes, yes, Commander Souverine
3: has been released. I was I was let out of my cage, clutching <laughs> handfuls of, of Issue 18 of Sagittarius Eye on, on Thursday last week, I think. Um, it's brilliant. Commanders, go and read it. We're pretty much the sister publication of Labour um, Radio now, um, given that we've managed to recruit nearly the entire staff of this station. So... Go and read it. It's got lots of really, really nice, interesting articles. Our cover piece is a guide to the new mining tools. We also discuss um, the law behind trumbles. Um, we did lots and lots of research into a little-known facet and Easter egg elite history. There's, uh, I wrote a, um, a piece on botting, um, and I did some um, linguistic acrobatics to try and talk about something that is definitely a meta-issue in universe terms. And, uh, and we have um, generally our usual standard of lovely art and design, and all that sort of thing. So if you haven't read it, uh, hop
0: to our website and pick it up. at. I, uh,
1: I object, sir. Don't read it. Listen to it. Just <laughs> yes,
0: true. Jump yes. in there, Ben, with that. But yes, go yeah. ahead. Go on, Ben. Uh,
1: and as well as doing the absolutely gorgeous and really really beautiful, or you know, dead tree edition, except it's dead dead electron edition, there is a fully voice acted podcast that is now available as well, which has been worked on by quite a few commanders who you'll know, who you'll have heard of, um, including myself, Watterspoon, lots, you've done some voices, done some um, voices. but the, the the voice actors are. We are lucky enough to
3: have some uh, professional and semi-professional voice actors on the on the squad, and the the quality is fantastic, really, really good. We've also started adding uh, background sound effects. Uh, we've overhauled the music, so we've got a fantastic new composer who's who's done a, com- a complete suite of new music for us bespoke. It's
1: it's are the, the background sound effects in ish- issue eighteen, or are they in two? I think they're in one, actually. I think and Wall- in one. Put them in one, yeah. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's spoilers for you. Spoon's currently editing issue one, which I don't think is out yet. It's uh, it's up so- to you to schedule that. It's ready to okay. go. It's okay, signed Okay, if we if we're if we're good to go, then I'll probably slide it in sometime this week. If you're happy for it to go out, there you go, folks. Ben is going to slide it in
0: sometime this week. And moving on from Captain Innuendo, um, the Anti-Xeno Initiative, now they've got their, their, their plate pretty much full at the moment. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Thargoids have now upped the stakes, uh, and we are looking at five systems that are in incursion and five systems which have infestation. Um, the I'll point out that the incursion systems are... Basically, that's the one where you'll find the anti xeno combat zones uh, and the stations on fire and the medical frigates. And I do believe that the medical frigates also give out Thargoid related missions. So, uh, if you and they do pay out quite well if you just decide to kill scouts, um, the defenders are stretched to the limit as they were only able to defend one system out of six last week, which is why we are looking at uh, so many stations on fire. Uh, on the other side of things, Operation IDA has finally finished completing one of their most difficult st- uh, repair jobs of Cleaver Prospect. Um, they've now targeted the noob hammer station of um, Cavallari in the Electra system for the second time. So watch out for the noob hammers on that one. They've, someone's worked it out. Those hammers hit at 300 meters per second and do damage and destroy Cobra, anything less than an ASP quite quickly. Um, We've actually had some news from uh, Spider-Man Games about the battle cards. Um, It does seem that although nothing has happened as far as the opposing party is concerned, there has been good news uh, from Kickstarter, as there's been some movement on that front. Um, they're apparently now looking seriously at this issue now because um, there hasn't been a response from this opposing party and Frontier solicitors um, are, are getting involved quite heavily in this now. So um, John and Oliver have put out a hopeful post saying, good news, hopefully soon, brackets, TM. Fingers crossed. Um and finally we have some escape velocity news. Uh those of you who has been on uh Chris Jarvis's Patreon will notice will know that there has been a latest remastered episode of Escape Velocity season one uh that has been released and the rest will be coming soon. Uh, now before I go through with the shout outs, has anybody got any final business? Congratulations to Ed Lewis. what's happened to, to Ed Lewis?
1: So Ed has announced as he usually seems to do actually on Tuesday nights you know the frontier always seems to announce things on Tuesdays just as we're going live that oh. he is the community, European community lead for Bethesda. Oh.
0: So we'll see him in Skyrim the next version uh, of uh,
3: uh, the well, next uh, well more pointedly we'll see him putting out fires for fires
1: what? for 576. Like yeah. I tell you
3: what it's a big <laughs> job people frontiers for frontiers
5: Gamers were a tough crowd. He's, uh, yeah, I hope yeah, he's going on.
3: Certainly don't envy him that. Ooh, 76. Good luck, Ed.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely Congratulations,
0: luck, Ed, Ed, but good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as, as we pointed out last week, LaveCon 2019 is on between the 4th and 7th of July. We don't know when Karen is going to release the next set of tickets, but uh, hopefully we will we'll let you know this time probably it'll be half an hour before our show starts and then it'll be all over by the time the show we get round to it our sister station of course Hutton Orbital broadcasts on Thursdays at half past 8 on a Thursday evening uh, go to tv for the mug.com or live radio for the mug.com if you just want the audio um, of course there's the CQC discord for the uh, the commanders that like discerning bit of CQC and you'll find that at https discord me/elite um, dangerous cqc so Um, Coming up after this, we have the fantastic Galnet News by Commando Wotherspoon. So that's it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, facebook.com slash laveradio, and at laveradio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to discord.io slash laveradio. Or you can join the TeamSpeak server where commanders like to come out and chat at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Laveradio Laveradio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past eight GMT and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Commander... Uh, Leves, thanks to Commander Shan thanks to Commander Kogel thanks to Commander Suvery. uh also thanks to um, uh, Krankov and you can tell I'm getting tired and uh, thanks of course to Cal who's doing all the tech so until next time fly safe and if you can't do that fly dangerous
7: I having orange <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: no, 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 no. Need a safe one.
6: I'm. <laughs>
2: Going to see the galaxy.
7: I'll be right back. Galnet News Digest, nineteenth of February, thirty three oh five. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news. Lucifer device declared missing. Missing heiress confirmed missing. Desert bus in space. Threading the clockwork needle. Lucifer device declared missing. Following last week's attack on an unregistered research base the Federal Intelligence Agency believes that a large nuclear fusion warhead has been stolen. The prototype warhead, codenamed the Lucifer device, has an estimated yield the equivalent of 300 million tonnes of TNT. The Lucifer device is claimed to be portable, which must mean it's very efficient indeed. A traditional fission device would need a mass of roughly 300 tonnes to give a 300 megaton yield. But fusion weaponry is allegedly both cleaner and more efficient. It still seems unlikely that it would fit in a briefcase. Whoever stole the bomb, incidentally killing all the personnel at the base, is now in possession of a device capable of releasing one and a half times the energy of the famous eruption of Mount Krakatoa in 1883. We can only hope they intend to use this technology to benefit mankind. Missing Heiress Confirmed Missing Lady Talitha Ambrose and the funds of the Ambrose Foundation have both been confirmed as missing by her mother, Baroness Oksana Ambrose, the head of the Foundation the Wall Glass Investigations Agency has been hired by the Bankrupt Foundation to find the missing Lady Talitha. Baroness Ambrose believes that her daughter must have been kidnapped and forced to surrender her inheritance by a gang of vicious criminals. However, based on previous celebrity behaviour, the Baroness would be well advised to check the guest list at Skyglow Havens on the rear archipelago just on the off-chance that Lady Talitha might be investing her inheritance on health treatments. Desert Bus in Space The longest ever Fuel Rats rescue is nearing completion. Commander Diluvian Ray's cruise has been stranded. Since the 25th of November, 3304, 43 days of supercruise and 141.3 light years from the jumping point of the furthest system from Sol, like the Antarctic explorer Robert Falcon Scott, Commander D'Eluvian's attempt to be the furthest person from Sol has already been surpassed, and like Scott, his expedition has turned into a fight for survival when he finds he had insufficient fuel either to return to the star or to jump out of the system. Unlike Scott, Commander Deluvian could call on the Fuel Rats. The Fuel Rats received the call on the 3rd of January, and after several days of planning set off on the 8th of January. They arrived at Semitus Beacon on the twelfth and have been in Supercruise ever since, with the stop for refueling after the first thirty eight point seven light years. Fuel Rat Commanders Highway Warrior and Verisphere Past the 112 light year mark from Cemetery Speakin on Friday, the 15th of February, leaving them with less than 30 more light years to supercruise. This should take around five and a half days, meaning the next bearing check could be as early as 9 pm on Tuesday. The rendezvous and rescue has been planned for 9 pm Galactic Time on Saturday, the 23rd of February. This rescue dwarfs the rescue of Commander Percera in December 3302 which involved a mere 11.7 light years in Supercruise. The current record for the furthest commander from Sol was claimed by Darius Architectus on the 15th of October 3304 at 121 light years from Cemetery's Beacon or 65768.34 light years from Sol the clockwork needle. The latest extreme sport for distant world's two pilots is ring racing. This involves passing between the clockwork rings, two very close planets and their respective rings in supercruise at roughly the speed of light. The whole thing takes only a few seconds but the angle of the rings leaves little scope for error. Any commander wishing to try is encouraged to form an orderly queue in the Baya Ain QA-J C11-144 system, Planet 4. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.